welcome to Word Alive Broadcast with Ricky and Sherry Blevins. We believe that as you listen to today's message, God's Word will come alive in your heart to help you obtain victory in every area of your life. Welcome to Word Alive. We're so glad you joined us today. We've been focusing on prayer to usher in revival. We've been looking at the gifts of the Spirit. We've also been looking at uh, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and asking Him for the rain and the outpouring of the Spirit of God, being filled with the Holy Spirit. But today I want us to focus on love, unity, and holiness in the body of Christ. And I believe that this revival in these last days is going to create in us a greater love for our mankind, a greater love for man, a greater love for our brother. Because in these last days, we need love more than we need anything else. The number one thing that the devil wants to do in the body of Christ is cause division. He wants us to walk out of love toward each other to not love each other, to not want to have anything to do with each other. He wants us to be just like him and say, well, I don't want to have anything to do with them or that other denomination, or I don't want to have anything to do with other people in the body of Christ that don't believe everything like I do. He wants us to say, well, there's so much division that we can't come together in unity because if we'll come together in unity, then we'll come together as Christ himself walked walking upon this planet when he was here and all the manifestations of the Spirit of God that happened through his ministry. Well, John said if you could write them down, there wouldn't be enough books to contain them all. But you know, uh, we are needing love, unity, and holiness in the body of Christ like we have never needed it before. Now you can see it. You can see that Division. Anytime there's division, it's from the devil. You can recognize it. He is the one that divides. God does not divide people. There is a division between people that are born again. He says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. But I'm talking about in the body of Christ. I'm talking about in the church. Talking about in the church. Not in the world, and there is a difference because if you are born again, then you don't have the same nature as somebody that's not. And it's just the way it is. It's not that you don't love them, but you just don't think like they do anymore. I know personally, I love a lot of people that that are not born again that I used to be friends with, but I just don't think like they do anymore. And it's not not that I don't love them. It's just that I have a different nature because it says, when you are born again, that old things passed away, behold, all things became new. And uh, when you be, when everything becomes new, that means that the love of God was shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. But what does the devil try to do? He tries to stop it. He tries to get you to not walk in love like you did, not to love other people like you should, not to care about other people like you should. And that is his number one thing. 
Now, uh, let's look at 1 John chapter 3, and we'll start in verse, chapter, in verse 10. Yeah, verse 10. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. Now see, they a lot of people are wanting to do things against people in the body of Christ because they are jealous or they're envious or because they're seeing them do things that they want to do and they can't do them. But you know, a lot of times, instead of focusing on what other people are doing, you need to focus on what God wants you to do. Don't, don't be thinking about what somebody else is doing. Think about what God wants you to do. And one thing he wants you to do is to love your brother. He wants us all to do that. He wants us all to walk in love toward each other. Be in unity and, uh, and saying, uh, I want to meet the needs of my brother. And I want to see him blessed. And even people that aren't born again. You want to help them and see them know the love of God. Amen. First Peter one twenty two. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. He said we're to love one another fervently with a pure heart, didn't he? So what is fervent? That means that we are doing it with a great deep desire. Amen. And a pure heart means that you do it with a pure heart, that you love them because the love of God is shed abroad in your heart and you want to see the best for them. Amen? We need to have love. Father God, we ask you that love would rise up in our hearts like we've never had it rise up before. And that everything that's causing us to walk out of love toward our brethren, any seed of hatred or bitterness in our heart, Father God, we're asking you to pull that out by the root, by the Holy Ghost. Remove it. Father God, may we love each other with a fervent, pure heart. May we love each other greater than we ever thought we could, and let, may the compassion and love for mankind rise up in our hearts like we never knew it could, Father, that we sincerely, with a pure heart, love our brethren may we love the people that are not lost may we love them it doesn't mean we have to go do the same things but it doesn't mean we don't need to love them may we love them and want them to know you father god like we know you may each and everything that's hindered us and all the division in the body of christ father god well, let's say it I speak to it and I say, in the name of Jesus, I cause all division to fall and love to rise up. And Father God, we're asking you that, that love would rise up. And each, each and every division that we see that it fall and that the denominational walls fall, that we come to love each other as one and that we understand each other. Give us understanding. May we love and know each other and understand each other to a greater degree. Father, we thank you for that. 
We're thankful for it in Jesus' name. Let's look at Psalm 133. And we're looking at the New King James Version. And I used to minister in a church in North Tulsa. It's called Eternal Truth Holy Temple. I, and uh, Pastor H.H. H. Harper, I ministered in her church for years. Uh, a lot of people at the sound of my voice probably know her if you're from Tulsa. But she was a, a mighty woman of God that loved God with all of her heart. And she was uh, on fire for the move of God. Uh, we loved her very much and her family but uh she, every day before she would start the service she'd get up and read these scriptures or she'd have somebody in the congregation to read it psalm 133 behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard the beard of aaron running down to the edge of his garments it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing in life forevermore. She would read that scripture and say, Father, we thank you for unity in our church. And we thank you for the anointing. And you know, when we, uh, if you look at these scriptures, you'll understand that unity in the body of Christ is so important. Because the vision is from the devil, but unity is from God. Now, let's look at verse 1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Now, that would mean the body of Christ. There's going to be differences between the body of Christ and people that are not in the body because we have a different nature. And you have to understand that. But I'm talking about in the body. And the reason that the devil comes against the body of Christ so much in unity is because of the corporate anointing. The corporate anointing is more powerful. It's stronger. It, it can produce more when you get a body of believers together and everybody's in unity. And we're all believing God for the same thing. Then the manifestations of the Spirit of God are greater. Because he can come upon that body of Christ. If, and, uh, and if we'll all come together in unity. And every person in the body of Christ come together in unity. According to the word of God. The corporate anointing shall be in a greater manifestation. Because if the corporate anointing is in manifestation. Then the Holy Ghost can move to a greater measure. Amen. Now let's look at verse 2. It is like the precious oil upon the head. Running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down to the edge of his garments. Now, when they poured the oil upon Aaron's head and anointed him, it ran down the top of his head all the way down to the bottom of his feet. And that would be an example of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the body of Christ as Jesus is the head and we are the body and the corporate anointing upon the body of Christ. And when we come together, that's what happens. It's a corporate anointing, and there is such a great manifestation of the Spirit of God in those meetings and in, that pre in the presence of God like, like we haven't seen before. It's going to happen, people. But we've got to pray and ask God for the unity in the body. 
Verse 3, it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. Now the dew of Hermon, if you go out in the morning and you see the dew upon the grass, it's not just upon one thing. It's upon every, everywhere you look, there's going to see, you're going to see the dew. It'll be covering everything, everywhere. You can look out in the mornings and see frost. It's all over everything. But the dew of Hermon is an example also of the corporate anointing upon the church. Zion is the church, and it is the corporate anointing upon the body of Christ. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. He outpours the Spirit. He pours it out in a greater measure. Amen. So, Father God, we come to you today and we ask you for unity in the body of Christ. We're asking you for that corporate anointing in our churches and in our gatherings, in our special meetings, whatever they be, where two or more gather together in your name. We ask you for that corporate anointing to be in manifestation so that you can outpour your spirit in such a great measure. And Father God, we thank you that it's upon the body of Christ. And, then, and we thank you, Father, for that unity and for that corporate anointing. May we each and every one strive, Father, for the unity in the body. Amen. Now let's look in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, New King James Version. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with, with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Now this is very important, people. There's one body and one spirit. There's not two bodies of Christ. There's one body of Christ. If you're born again, you're in the body of Christ. doesn't matter who you are. You're in the body. And you are one with each and every one of us. And we're all one together. It says here. It says, uh, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. So he didn't say he is in one of us and not in the other, did he? No, he didn't. He said that he's in all of us. So we have to understand that and recognize that and understand that. That God is in us. The Holy Ghost lives in each and every person that's born again. It doesn't matter what denomination you're in. But a lot of times, well, I don't believe like they do, so I'm not going to have anything to do with them. No, we need to come together in the unity of the body of Christ and understand that he is in all of us. Now, this is something that I have seen in the body of Christ that I cannot stand. I hate it with a passion because I see it and it's called spiritual pride. I've seen one person in the body of Christ think they're better than another. Now, if the Lord Jesus Christ lives in you, you're just as good as anybody else. And everybody in the body of Christ that has Jesus Christ living in them 
You have no right to think you're better than they are because if Jesus lives in them and he lives in you, the same God that lives in him lives in you. And you're no better and nobody is better than you are because of who is who he is in each and every one of us. There is a division because of that, and it needs to fall. Well, I know more than you do. That means you need to be teaching somebody else what you know, but don't think you're better than they are, because you're not. And nobody is better than you. I don't care who you are. If you're in the body of Christ, they're not better than you are. They're just in the body of Christ like you are. And your part to play in the body is just as important as theirs is. They just have a different job. Each and all of us have a different job to do, and it doesn't make you better, mean you're better. Well, I know somebody, I know more people that are more important in the body of Christ than you do. That does not make you better. It just means you know them. But the number one thing that anybody needs to understand is this. Unity means that we're all one. And that we care about each other the same as that. And the word of God didn't say that you're better because you know somebody. No, it says that we are to care for each other and to love one another as we love ourselves. It says that we're not only to look out, and this is in Philippians, we're not only to look out for our own interest, but also for the interest of others. Amen? That's what the word says. Because we have to get away from this division. We've got to let it fall. We have to make it say, you have no place in the body of Christ. Division has no place. And we need to get rid of spiritual pride to think we're better than somebody else is because we're not. Nobody's better than another. Each and every person may have accomplished more, but it doesn't make you better. It just means you've accomplished more. And it means that you may have a place that God has given you, but it doesn't make anybody better because the way I look at it is like this. And this is the way the word says that he said that there was one God and father of all who's above all and through all and in you all. So if he lives in us, we can't be better than another. It just means that that we might think we are, but it doesn't mean we are. It means that the love of God that shed abroad in each and, each and every person's heart means that you love that person as you love yourself. That's what the Word says, doesn't it? So let's, let's look out after the Word and quit looking at our own accomplishments and our own thinking about who we are or what we are, how much money we've got. Now, money doesn't make you better than somebody else. Now, I don't know how I got off on this, but I'm not going to quit anyway. More money does not make a person better than another. Just because you got more money than somebody doesn't make you better. Money is just a tool to use for the body of Christ to use to accomplish the things that God wants us to accomplish. Now, uh, he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be financially blessed in, in every area of our life, but it doesn't mean we're better. It doesn't make you better. It just means you have more money. So it might mean that if you got more money that you're supposed to be spreading it around more and giving it to more people, but it doesn't make you better. Amen? Now, I don't know how I got off on that. I don't want to offend anybody, but I, I said it by the Holy Ghost anyhow. So if you got anything to, uh, to say about it, just go ahead and look in the Scripture and see if I'm right or wrong. 
Psalm 93. This is holiness. Now, I know that in the body of Christ, there needs to be a place of holiness again that we haven't seen in the past. And I'm believing that this that this uh, revival is going to produce a greater amount of holiness in our lives than we've ever experienced because it's going to take away the desire for other things. Now, this is what the fire of God. We need to be asking God for the fire of God in our hearts to be brighter and, and stronger and burn brighter than we've ever seen it or felt it or known it before. Father God, we ask you for the fire of God in our hearts. We ask you for the fire of God to burn in us to such a degree that we never experienced it before. And we ask you, Father God, that holiness will rise up in the body of Christ like we've never seen it before. That all this this uh, sin and all the things in the body that are taking place, Father God, that it would be no more, that we would not desire those things anymore, but only you. Now, holiness is a separation from the world and a separation from the things that are causing you to walk away from God. Holiness is walking in purity. That's one thing that holiness is. It's, in, it's purity. It's not doing the things that we used to do before we got born again. Now, this is uh, something that happens in the body of Christ a lot. And uh, a lot of times people will do things and they'll sin and then they'll turn right around and ask God so that they can be forgiven, turn right around and do it again. And I think those things need to, to stop. And so that we can see the greater manifestations of God in our churches and in our lives. And those things are to hinder you from walking in the fullness of what God has for you. Because if you'll focus on what God has for you and what he wants for you, and get into the word of God and find out who you are in Christ Jesus and the things that uh, he has done for you and the things he's given to you, your desire to do those things will not exist anymore because you'll only want to please him and you'll fall deeper in love with him. And if we'll fall deeper in love with the Lord Jesus Christ and, and uh, fall deeper in love with who he is and who he is in us and who we are in him, those these things will uh, automatically just take place. Holiness will be our number one desire to, to do the things that uh, he desires and to please him in every area of our lives. Amen. Let's pray this prayer. Psalm 93, verse 5. Your testimonies are very sure. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. Father God, we ask you that holiness would adorn your house forever. Now let's read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and verse 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, see, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we are to cleanse ourselves. Father God, we ask you to give us, each and every one of us, the desire to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfecting holiness in the, in the fear of God. And Father God, to walk in maturity, to walk in holiness that we've never experienced before so that we can walk in the fullness of the anointing that you have prepared for us. 
And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Let's look at 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And Father God, we ask you that you would help us as obedient children to conform ourselves to your desires, not to the former lusts as in our and is in ignorance and walking back into the things of the past, but as you called us to be holy, that we would be holy in all of our conduct. And as you are holy, Father, we ask you that we would be holy as you are holy. And Father God, we come before you that, and we ask you to perfect holiness in us, to help us to walk in that so that we would be your children and walking in the fullness of the anointing so that we can see the greater works done in the body of Christ. Amen. We ask you that this revival, Father God, will produce in us love, unity, and holiness. And Father, we're thanking you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you would like to receive a CD or MP3 version of this week's message or other messages, please give a donation of $8 for a CD or $5 for an MP3. Instructions on how to give and receive are located under the Giving tab of our website, which is located at wacba.org. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can contact us at our website at wacba.org. If you would like to contact us for prayer, to give, or any other reason, you can do so by going to our website, wacba.org, or by mail at Word Alive Church, P.O. Box 3067, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma 74013. 